Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Well, first of all, thank you to Nancy and all of you for having me here to have a chance to share my experience, strength, and hope. Uh, I've been a little nervous and anxious about uh, being the speaker at this meeting and all my friends who knew I was going to share just simply told me to not worry about it, that God was going to take care of what I had to say. Uh, there are a lot of tricks, I guess, when you're facing an audience that uh, help ease into the process. I'm glad I came on a few minutes early and got a chance to say hello to some of you. Uh, and that it's funny. It's funny with these rooms. Uh, and, and I feel the same about this as I did when we had live, live meetings. When I come into a room, uh, something happens to me. It, uh, it's a good thing. I don't know how else to explain it, except almost uh, immediate feeling of welcomeness uh, <laughs> because I'm with a bunch of people who share the same problems I do. Uh, my image this morning to uh, get over this uneasiness uh, is, please don't take this the wrong way, anybody, but I like to think of all of us as bozos on the same bus. And it's a leveling thought for me. It's a, a sobering thought for me. Uh, and uh, it's a comfortable thought for uh, for me, uh, I'd like to say a little prayer first before I start, if you don't mind. Dear God, we are here today because we have a common problem and we are searching for a common solution. Be with us and allow us to open our hearts to one another and trust that it will lead to exactly where you want us to go on your path today and to know what you would have us be. Amen. Uh, Well, I'm here specifically because Nancy uh, uh, asked me to share my experience, strength, and hope. and. I suppose uh, a way to start is to tell you that I've um, a little about myself. Uh, Maybe that'll help you know and understand a little bit more about me as I go along. Uh, 
I was born in a small town in West Virginia. At its height, it had 250 people, one intersection, no red lights, one gas station, one store, and one four-room schoolhouse. Uh, now, <laughs> in, the, in the words, I guess, of one of those cigarette commercials, uh, to be in the presence of you all, uh, I've come a long way, baby, <laughs> from that 250-person town. Uh, I uh, had a public, grew up uh, with a public education, uh, and uh, then we moved to a larger city in Maryland, and uh, I went to high school in uh, Baltimore County, uh, then on to the University of Maryland on a scholarship, which enabled me to uh, graduate and in four years and then go to law school and uh, have a successful career as a trial attorney. I love the courtroom. I love talking to people. Uh, I love to help people solve problems. Uh, the courtroom can be a very antagonistic environment. Uh, and after 45 years of jury trial work, uh, I became a mediator and arbitrator, uh, primarily a mediator in helping people resolve disputes that they wanted to resolve but couldn't admit to the other side that they wanted it and needed a better solution. And uh, I found out that all my years of trial work and study uh, was preparing me to do that. I loved doing it. I was successful at it. Uh, I would have worked for free uh, because it really meant a lot to me. And I, uh, I helped a lot of people. Um, somewhere uh, along the way, I met Nancy. Uh, happened uh, uh, while I was uh, just graduated from law school. Uh, I had a friend introduce me to her, and she was going to be a cheerleader at an athletic event at the Johns Hopkins Hospital, uh, University the next day. Uh, I went to uh, see the game, and to I went to I went to try to meet her. Is what I went to, to the game for. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I got a chance to talk to her at halftime and uh, uh, ask her if she'd like to go out and, uh, on a certain night. She said, no, I, I'm busy that night. I'm going to a wedding uh, in the afternoon. I said, well, what time are you getting home? She said, well, about 6 o'clock. And I said, well, uh, what about that? Uh, would you meet me then? She said, yes. So I got there a little early, met her mother nicest mother-in-law person could have. She came by about an hour and a half late <laughs> having partied at the wedding and uh, so forth. And, but it gave me a chance to get my foot in the family door by meeting her mother. Uh, three months later, uh, we were married. Uh, things are going along seemingly pretty smoothly uh, up to that point, but I want to 
go back a little bit. Uh, well, let me just tell you a few things about Nancy. She was uh, a musician. She studied piano at the Peabody. Uh, she was a ceramic artist. She was a teacher. Uh, she was an explorer. She was a pretty much the whole package. Not one. She was the whole package for me. Uh, going back all the way to when I was six years old is the first time I had a sexual experience in the bathtub. Didn't know what had happened, but all I knew was that it felt better than anything I had ever felt in my whole life. When I look back, it may have been continually searching for that same thing to happen uh, and to have that same feeling. And I never achieved that. Uh, I can't remember exactly when I started to experience sexual problems. Uh, some older boys in the neighborhood had this uh, little magazine called a two by four, and it depicted uh, uh, sexual acts. Uh, and uh, I read that. And I think that I look back, I think I was instantly, instantly addicted to pornography. That did in fact play out in the rest of my life. Uh, my sexual acting out was, I guess, socially pretty manageable, uh, but I began to uh, uh, have sex with myself and I began to uh, reading and uh, gathering sashes of material. Uh, I was, uh, I, I would gather 30 or 40 of these books and use them and act out with them. Then I'd, uh, in a, a fit of uh, getting rid of all this, I'd throw them away. Funny thing is I, I tore them up in little pieces so that nobody else could see the magazine whole. <laughs> sort of weird. Uh, the uh, And I would go for uh, maybe a week or maybe 10 days and I'd start building the stash again and then throw it away and kept escalating. Uh, uh, and it started to expand into relationships with other women. I, I think some of them uh, must have been pretty much okay, but uh, I think there was a, a component of secrecy and compulsion and wrongdoing that, that uh, uh, accompanied that. Uh, I betrayed my wife within two years of our marriage with a relationship with a receptionist at the law firm where I was working. Uh, I continued that activity and my other sexual activity at the same time for a period of several years to I could no longer tolerate the amount of guilt and shame that I felt for what I was doing and what I was doing to our marriage. And I 
couldn't uh, find a way. <laughs> Funny to say, our marriage wasn't doing so well, and we had gone to a counselor. And uh, so I decided uh, to uh, have Nancy take the burden that I couldn't bear any longer, my guilt. So I gave it all to her by telling her all these lurid details of what I had been doing and uh, who I was. And uh, this was out. I had not heard of Sexaholics Anonymous, let alone the ninth step. Uh, and uh, uh, it was all done in a cowardly, uh, unfeeling uh, uh, effort to feel better at the expense of Nancy and to be assured that she would forgive me and all would be well. Well, the truth of the matter is that uh, she did not have much of a choice. By that time, we had one child. The second, our second, our first son was on the way. Uh, and as devastated as she was, and uh, I knew that she wanted to leave me, or wanted me to leave the house, but she chose in favor of restoring or trying to keep the family together. And uh, uh, that, uh, it worked because I sought other counseling uh, and some psychiatric counseling as well uh, and lived a, a sober, sexually sober life for uh, a period of, of years after that. Uh, and I, it may, may have been as long as 10 years that the uh, seed was lying there in the ground ready to sprout again. Uh, it did. Uh, it began to take the form of more active uh, relationships with other women. Uh, the pornography became unmanageable, uncontrollable. Uh, And I, again, uh, didn't seek any help. Uh, and this uh, oh, went on for, uh, well, maybe 10 years, maybe, maybe longer. The time limit isn't really important. It's the fact that this volcano inside me kept growing and growing. and. Uh, our children by this time were raised, they were perhaps uh, 19, 17, and 16. Uh, and after going through counseling, uh, I again in an effort to relieve myself of all the horrible things that were, I was feeling the guilt of betrayal and the whole package. I again blurted out everything that I had done. This time it included the disclosure that I had had a sexual relationship. It wasn't very sexual, but it was a sexual relationship for over 15 years and another over 10. And to say that my wife 
was devastated. It does not begin to tell the half of it. Can I read you uh, step nine? Other, the caution to newcomers in the third page of essay. We suggested that newcomers to Sexaholics Anonymous not reveal their sexual past to a spouse or family member who does not already know of it without careful consideration in a period of sexual sobriety. And even then, only after prior discussion with an essay sponsor or group. Typically, when we came into the program, we wanted to share our excitement with those closest to us. Of course, it, we wanted to tell all right away such disclosures might injure our family and others and should be confined to a group of which you are a part until a wise course is indicated and so forth. I hadn't had the benefit of reading that page. Uh, and it, and when this occurred, I also made the same disclosure to all my children together. Uh, and again, for the same reasons, the same selfish reasons. This time, uh, Nancy said, it's time to go. And she told me to leave the home. I did. I wandered into SA rooms through the advice of a physical uh, uh, therapist. Uh, and uh, from the moment, from the moment Nancy told, gave me the gate, my sole focus was on reconciliation. Uh, I was fortunate enough to find SA, to find the meetings, to find a tremendous sponsor who uh, started me out. My service in SA started with folding the chairs after the meetings and put them back in the rack where they belong. And when that was finished, I could clean up the coffee cups that were left. And I began to recover. I did. <laughs> and uh, I did, uh, he told me, 90 to 90 meetings in 90 days. I did that and thought, Everything was all right. He told me to go back and do it again. He told me to go back and do it again for a third time. I worked the steps with him and I was careful and diligent and I tried my hardest. Uh, and I believe looking back, there was a spiritual component that was not there and that my sole focus was a selfish one in which my goal was to become reconciled with my wife and I would do anything I had to, to make that happen. And a miracle occurred uh, after five years, uh, we were reconciled and our marriage continued for almost 20 years after that with me being sober and faithful and ended with her death on October the 19th of last year. And I had needed to make 
amends to her for things that had happened that I wanted to talk to her about and I wanted her to know about. And I, uh, I felt, I felt terrible. I felt lost because all I could think about was there are things I should have said and, and things I should have done. They weren't about acting out or being unfaithful, but they were things that were important. And I mean, maybe there were some secrets of some kind I needed to talk with her about. Uh, and I absolutely did not know where to turn. Uh, <laughs> it had been 15 years since I had been at the meeting and I had managed uh, to stay sexually sober. Uh, I don't necessarily think I was always progressing uh, toward ridding lust from my life, but uh, I, I had no, I, I five really, pardon? Five minutes, John, sorry to interrupt. Literally. Oh no, I didn't mean to do that. John, are you still there? No, yeah, I'm mean, still so here. It said there was a potential spam. Can you oh, hear me? Okay. Yeah, we can hear you. We just lost your video. I don't know if you happened to hit the video button. No, I didn't. Uh, at okay. any event, uh, so uh, I'm he living here in an apartment in our unit by myself. And uh, my first reached out to Essanon. Uh, uh, and went to several meetings, but within uh, about a month or so, I realized that uh, I needed to go back to SA, uh, and I didn't know exactly why, and I had not figured out until I started working on telling you my story that what really was wrong with the way I had gone about it the first time. Uh, at any event, I got another great sponsor who made me start doing the same things, made me uh, go to meetings, made me reach out to others, made me read the, do the steps and, and uh, each day. Uh, and uh, I hadn't uh, made the connection, really the connection with my higher power yet. So I said to I said to my new sponsor, uh, I want to come back and I uh, want you to help me. I want to write my ninth step and I want to give it to somebody. I can't give it to Nancy because she's dead. Uh, will you help me? And could any of you guess what he said to me? Oh, he said, John, he said, I think maybe there'd be a better way to go about this, like starting at step one and getting when you get to nine, I'll be sure to help you. And of course, I didn't. I didn't think that was necessary at all. Pretty <laughs> high sponsor, though he stuck with me. He stuck with that idea, and I have been working the steps, uh, and I have been reaching out. I have sought ways to help others. Uh, I have found in the last, I would say, two months, finally, a real connection with God. So I, I've always been able to say the words and go through the motions, but I don't know what was different about this, but it was and is different. Uh, I now see God as my friend. 
not somebody who's looking over in judgment of me. Uh, I have found ways to reach out to others who are suffering. I ask God each morning to direct my steps in the path he would have me follow and to show me what I can do for the man who still suffers. And uh, now with my sponsor on Tuesday of next week, I'll be finishing my fourth and giving my fifth step. So I'm just about halfway to doing it right, to doing it in a loving and meaningful and way. Uh, and uh, the one thing that I would have done different in my life uh, is to have joined and been a member of SA before and had the wise counseling before I tore the family apart. And I, my children are still faithful and we are still strong and connected to one another through God's grace, this program and each and every one of you for which I will be ever eternally grateful. And thank you for letting me share. Oh my gosh, John. My name's Greg. I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic and thank you so much. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought I was sharing there, you know, it's so much like my story. Uh, one of the differences was that it, instead of uh, me uh, telling my wife that I was doing all this stuff that I felt guilty, I was acting out for 30 years and, and uh, my, I got caught. So uh, that, that was the difference there. I, I guess I was felt so callous. I was ready to take it to my grave. And uh, another thing was that, uh, you know, my my wife couldn't take it. She couldn't take it. Mm -hmm. And she just she kicked me out of the house and she divorced me. So, you know, there there are differences, different journeys and everything. And I, I've been ever since uh, she found out about it, I've been sober. But for her, she just couldn't take the pain of it. And, you know, wives are different, you know, I guess. And uh, her background was such that she was uh, pretty broken already. And this just Tip was tipped her over, you know. I mean, not tipped her over, but tipped it, and so it was. It, uh, it, it, it so it was over, and the consequences of my addiction were were really bad. So, but I was told by my sponsor. He said, "You know, you got to. I, I had to stay sober for myself because if she left me, you know, then I would go and." I, I couldn't go into the abyss, you know, I, I had to stay sober for myself. And that's what I've been trying to do the rest of my life. So anyway, John, I just really appreciated your share and related so much to it. So thanks a lot. Oh, God bless you. Thanks for being here. And thanks for sharing. Thank you, John. Um, I'm just letting the, uh, the timer give the little um, uh, chime sound when it's time, just so everybody knows. Okay. Uh, did, did it go off? I didn't hear it. Uh, yeah, I did set it off, but maybe maybe you can't hear it. I'm not sure. I can't hear I'll, it. I'll do my best. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Shelly. No worries, Greg. Okay, next, Nancy. Hi, um, it's Nancy Sexaholic. I don't know at one point in your share that I just started sobbing. Um. I don't know when it was. Uh, 
so um, I had no idea, absolutely no idea what I asked you to share. Um, that this was your life story. I've heard you say over and over that you just blew up your wife and your family. I think that if anything, what I would like to take away from this, I mean, I was, I wasn't discovered. I felt so guilty, but I, I did it in the context of a therapy, you know, a counselor's office. And my husband, he was wise. He's like, I don't need to know details. And, hmm. um, and, well, my gosh, that was so long ago. That was 1993. And my oldest son, just in the last couple of months, each one I told, you know, God's time, we let that be. He said, Mom, you can never make it up to Dad. And that really, it really hit me. Um, <laughs> it really hit me. So I've got a lot of living amends to do with my kids, my husband every day. But what really, really struck me is at this point in your recovery, really hitting the steps hard. That's I really thank you for that because that's that's what I I'm doing it, but even even more. Are there ways that you continue, specific ways you continue to make amends to your wife in your daily life? Well, uh, that's a good question. I think so, in the sense that uh, uh, I am honoring her uh, in a way that I didn't fully do while she was alive. Uh, uh, I know that uh, when you called me initially to do this uh, talk, I, I thought I, I want to I want to talk about amends. But the uh, I then realized that you know I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready to do that yet again. But I am honoring her uh, in in my memory and my activity and my closeness and in the closeness of our family, they, our two daughters and son have forgiven me. I don't know. That's three miracles right there. Uh, I guess I'm perhaps even unwittingly trying to live a life that she would want me to live and find, uh, Happiness. I'm glad uh, that you asked me to do this, Nancy. Thank you very much. Thank you, John, and thank you, Nancy. Uh, Matthew S. Sure, thank you. Hi there, John. <laughs> thank you for your share. I'll try to be as brief as possible. You know, I was supposed to be at a church to meeting and uh, 15 minutes before the meeting started, uh, it got cancelled. And I truly believe that God wanted me to be here tonight and to hear the things that uh, that uh, you shared. Because at the moment, John, um, I'm, I'm looking for a sponsor. Um, I lost my sponsor a few months ago and, and now he's become my sponsee. Uh, but I'm struggling with... Um, one of my sponsees uh, and two days ago I told him that 
Uh, his wife is distraught, obviously, uh, but she keeps on blowing hot and cold as to whether the relationship is going to continue. So I finally just said to him that for the sake of his recovery, he needs to take the decision and the initiative to bring the relationship to the end um, for now. You know, I said, maybe you can pick it up later, but for now, you know, I think you should take the initiative. John, I, I just, uh, I'm just grateful for your share, but I, I just wanted to ask you, you know, does that sound like good advice? Because again, I'm looking for a kind of sponsor and I'm a bit lost on this one. Um, does that sound like good counsel to a sponsee? Well, let me say, let me tell you my experience. I would not be here sharing that with at this meeting were it not for the two sponsors I've had at the two different stages of my life. Uh, I, uh, I, I would say try and, and I think that in part I chose them because I didn't want them. I was afraid of them being my sponsor. I was, and I still am. I mean, in my, for all I know, my sponsor's listening to this right now. Uh, but I, I literally wouldn't be alive without them. So the, it is such a crucial decision to make. And uh, I, fortunately, I didn't make it for the wrong. I didn't go to somebody who I knew would take it easy on me. And uh, I, needed, I needed that. Uh, I needed to be not given pablum. I needed some, some strong stuff. God bless you for your efforts, and I, I wish you the best of luck in finding the right person for yourself. Thank you, John. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, John. Thank you, Matthew. We have, uh, I have four people in line, so if you have fewer than 30 days of sobriety, go ahead and raise your virtual hand, and I'll, I'll put you in the queue. Martina, you're next. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks very much, John, for your share. I was um, especially touched by you saying that you like did the steps another time in a in a really loving and meaningful way. This really touched me because I think like the steps, either the steps are done by heart or they are worthless. Um, I do have a question, like you said you um you were like kind of thrown out by your wife and you were like separated for five years or something and yet then you finally um got back into your you to your marriage so for some you were able to repair your marriage you could go back to your wife and this sounds such a huge miracle to me and i just was wondering how this could happen thanks uh. Thank you uh, for that. Uh, ooh. I, I believe that, first of all, that Nancy continued to love me all the time we were separated, uh, both of the times. Uh, and uh, I, I guess, it, it, I don't know, I get this uh, image of, washing myself 
as best I could in every every nook and cranny of my being, my life, my soul. Uh, I was I felt and I was so dirty in the literal and figurative sense. And my I don't know how it happened, but I know I did my part, and that was to do everything I was told. I I tried with the spiritual component and I succeeded uh, certainly to an extent, uh, but not like it has been the second time around. And it was, I, I, I can repeat, I think it was my motivation that was out of kilter. My motivation was to get back in the marriage. My motivation should have been to rid my life of lust and live my life as God wants me to be. Uh, I, and I will tell you that Nancy deserves, my Nancy deserves 80% of the credit for getting back together. She's a strong woman, a resilient woman. Uh, and there were very good things about our marriage that she was able to latch on to, maybe just enough to hold on till she finally became, <laughs> I was like a bad penny. I kept resurfacing. I wasn't going to let go. And she gave me, that was clearly a miracle. She gave me another chance. Thank you, John and Martina. Thank you. Uh, Jerry, you're next. Thanks, Daniel. Uh, hi, John. Uh, hi, Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's so good to hear you and see you. Uh, you and I have been friends a long time, and, and I, I have to say I missed you during the hiatus when you were when you're absent from meetings. Um, probably should have reached out, found out what was going on. But but the other part of that is that I'm, I, was, I was really glad to see you back back in the rooms and and back with the with people we know. Uh, it's it's just a joy to be with you again. Uh, my situation is similar, but not exactly alike. Uh, I had a porn stash, and uh, unbeknownst to me, I thought it was hidden, and my wife didn't know about it. But after we had separated, uh, which she said wasn't due to my drinking or the but the porn, she told me then that she knew about the, my stash and she had seen it. And I, I felt terrible from that time on. I knew I needed to make living amends to, to Lorraine and, and she has passed away uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, each night I, I pray for her and for, for the other people that I have, the other, other women from early that I have objectified and used uh, in in my life, uh, and just coming to coming to grips with that that I was a taker, and and still am in many ways, uh, trying to become a giver, trying to become somebody to give something back. So. Uh, your story and your work with your sponsor uh, on the steps of the power of example for me. And I appreciate it. Mostly I appreciate our connection with each other. Uh, 
it's good to have uh, a friend like you uh, along along the path, along the journey. So thanks for letting me share. And thanks for Nancy asking for giving me the information to get me on the meeting. I'm so thankful, Jerry, that you're in my life uh, again in a more meaningful way. Uh, you are a gift to all of us in the program and especially in the Baltimore community. Thanks. Thanks, Jerry and John. Yeah, let's try and keep our shares to a minute. I, we haven't interrupted because there's something spiritual going on. And so I think it was good to actually hear people out on these last few shares. But uh, Dan in Baltimore, you're next. Uh, sure, I'm Dan, grateful recovering sexaholic in Baltimore. Can you tell I'm blessed in Baltimore with long-term sober guys like Jerry and John? John, thank you. We, we've got a strong community here and uh, we're able to do 90 and 90 face-to-face -face within uh, 20 minutes of my home. And, and I, I've been blessed. John, thank you. Thank you. When I came in, you were the guy that inspired me. And I said, wow, if John can restore his marriage, maybe I can restore mine. And, uh, and it was very inspiring to me. And my sponsor said, you know, that may or may not happen, but you stay sober. Things are going to work out in God's world. Well, in my case, we, the, the marriage was not restored, uh, ended in divorce. But the blessing of that divorce and the blessing of this program is I've got let's talk about restored relationships. That's kind of what I heard today. You restored your relationship with Nancy. Uh, I got a relationship with a higher power with my God and my understanding that I never, ever, ever had before. And that was worth a divorce because it's unbelievable. And, uh, and I heard that in your story, John, and you know, I know your story a bit. And and I and uh there is something powerful about going through the steps again and again. Uh, I went through the steps myself recently with my sponsor and I'd been in the beverage program for a lot of years. And his advice to me was, you know, I know you've worked these steps before, but pretend you've never, ever, ever heard of the steps before this time around. I took that advice to heart and it's been profound. And my relationship with God is growing even stronger and stronger as a, as a direct result of that work. You know, um, by the way, a plug for uh, the Step Into Action book in our program. Uh, it is the best guide to the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12-step program that I've ever seen by far in anything. I mean, uh, it's it really has helped me uh, to do this. And, and I'll just close with this uh, as a plug for the steps. You know, I mean, the, the steps are about getting sober. But if we go to uh, AA, we agnostics, it says... The main object of this book, the main object of this step is to enable you, enable me to find a power greater than myself, which will solve my problem, solve our problem. Wow. And my problem is not just alcoholism and sex addiction. My problem is everything else, life, you know, and, uh, and the God of my understanding has helped me do that. So, John, thank you uh, for your inspiration. Wonderful uh, having you in my life. God bless you. Thank you, Dan. I cannot express my gratitude more completely for you being in my life and helping me. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dan and John. Uh, Marty, you're up next. And just another reminder, we're having trouble with the volume on, on the uh, one minute mark. So try to try to keep your shares to a minute. Thank you. And uh, right. Marty, Marty, you're next. All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks you so much, John. 
uh, I knew that you could you would do it uh, because uh, that was something that I've noticed uh, was really really uh, angsting you throughout the time that I've known you that relationship and uh, so um, I'm at another meeting so I got to be quiet here a little bit anyway thank you a lot John um, I have a, a long way to go to uh, make an amends to my uh, spouse uh, because my spouse is God himself in a sense having been married to him through the uh, ordination of priesthood and that was the hardest thing but just as you said, I found a God who loves me. Me. Anyway, uh, I'm sorry, I got to go. Anyway, thanks a lot, John. Bye. Thank you, Marty. Good to hear from you as always. Thank you, Marty and John and Alex from Moscow. Yeah, thanks a lot, um, uh, John. I really appreciate your share, really getting to know you today. And um, I, I think for me, a lot of similarities that I felt with our stories, particularly this purge cycle of, you know, having the stash and then destroying the stash and, you know, having a new stash and destroying it. A lot of things, a lot of similarities there. I'm, I'm also married and luckily... I came into the program on my knees, on my own volition, because I couldn't take the pain anymore. Somehow I managed to hide a lot uh, from my from my wife, but I, I know that she there were some, some things that she definitely suspected, and I, I didn't make a full disclosure, and I think I was well advised not to do that. Uh, maybe one day I will, but just not yet. I think what I heard from you today, what really helped me, how, was that how important it is for me to continue working my step nine in my daily life and making living amends for, to my wife and to my kids every day. And there's moments where I've got the resentment. There's moments where, you know, I feel that I'm recovering, but, you know, my wife is not. And our family dynamic is, yeah, I, I'm going to finish up now. Our family dynamic has changed so much, but I still have to remember what I did not to, not to, you know, destroy myself through shame, but just to continue to live my nine step, make my living amends. And then that helps me forgive myself. So thanks for letting me share. Thanks, John. It sounds like you are on the right track. It really does. I wish you God's blessing continuing there. Thank you. Thanks, Alex and, and John. I don't see any other hands raised at the moment. So if you would like to share, we have time for one, possibly two more shares. Sorry, Daniel, did Alex have his hand up? Sorry, Alex, uh, did you have your hand up? Yeah, that was, that was Alex. Um, no worries, Matthew. Um, I, I'll ask a question, Daniel J, sexaholic. Um, quick question, and this might help me with some sponsees as well. It's about disclosure. What would you have done different? Because it sounds like you weren't very happy of how you did your disclosure. What would you have done different? And how do you talk to your sponsees about that? Thanks. Oh, thanks for that question. Uh, the, uh, the general advice and is that 
once you've talked to and disclosed, before you decide what you're going to disclose, uh, the program and the literature tells us to seek wise advice from other members and so forth. And it is the, I think, the rehearsal that we do with our sponsor enables him to say, whoops, you know, let's take a second look at that. The only way that I think it can be handled that way is if uh, I can give my sponsee the courage to understand that he doesn't, he or she doesn't have to blab at all, that there are different ways to say things, different ways, and perhaps even some things that at this time aren't meant to be said. And uh, I guess the general uh, instruction uh, or way I help is, is to not feel like you have to get everything out all at once. And uh, it's like the rest of the program for me. I can't hurry up and get through step three and step four because I want to get to five. I got to take the time to do three and then I've got to take the time to do four. So you know, a couple of principles, don't try to do it all at once and don't, and don't, don't hesitate to use your sponsor as a sounding board and hearing what he or she has to say as to how that particular bit of information might be more hurtful than helpful. Thank you, John. Thank you. We might have time for somebody to squeeze in a real quick question or a comment or a real quick share. Christina put a hand up, Dad. Oh, thank you, Francis. Christina, go ahead. Yes. <clears throat> Hi, Christina Saxon Glasterdick. Hi, John. Thank you for sharing. I wonder, the, you start to tell that your career, business career was fantastic. And <laughs> I have problem with this. And in this part, I see that my life is not manageable. How did you do that with your addiction or... Is there something to tell about? Thanks. Well, thank you for asking. I, uh, first of all, uh, it is another miracle. It is a miracle. There is absolutely no question about that. Uh, and the extremes to which I went to acting out uh, included much of the time when I was supposed to be working or doing other things. I, I maybe... <laughs> I, you floored me with that question. I, I just don't know uh, how I managed to do that. In a way, I, I was a trial lawyer uh, and I had a, a trial docket and there were times uh, uh, between I didn't go from one courtroom to the next courtroom day after day after day. There were times in between that I wasn't trying cases that uh, I could do that, but I, I i don't know. I guess I'm the, either the luckiest man in the world or God didn't want me to get discovered in that way. Uh, and it kept uh, the family through all this financially secure, which was a blessing. 
Uh, well, yeah, is it, yeah, there's something else I can add to that. Uh, I got away with it because I was a liar. I was a sneak. I was a cheat. I had all kinds of secrets. I had all kinds of ways of keeping those secrets. And uh, I was pretty, obviously, pretty successful about yeah, about that. Uh, and uh, it, it, trouble with that course of action, of course, is that once you lie about one thing, it causes you to lie about another. But that was the way my whole life was going. Uh, but I was very good at that. And, uh, and I'm good at using words and getting around things and not being direct. It was part of my trade and my craft. But uh, I, I, along with being a liar and a cheat, I was a manipulator. And, uh, and I manipulated situations that uh, perhaps I wouldn't have otherwise gotten away with. I'm sorry I can't be more uh, helpful on that because I, I certainly understand the question. I think it's a wonderful question. I'll have to pray on that one. Thank you. God bless you. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.